0: it's really great to be back and it's really awesome to see folks coming back you know i know it gets kind of scary coming back you know who knows where that bug is bugs everywhere by the way we're just talking with one of the brethren here and it doesn't matter whether you're vaxxed or not vaxxed the bug still climbs on folks and you know you never know so the reality is is that uh it's god's will We just need to be mindful, responsible, careful, and yet also, too, we can't stop moving forward and helping people, amen? Amen. I I should appreciate so many who have stepped up and helped uh, during this time, visiting, bringing food, um, bringing whatever, helping in whatever way. Uh, So many of the brethren here, it's phenomenal. In fact, there was a, a young lady I was talking to not too long ago that said, you know, it's really amazing. Uh, just it seems like everybody in the church is helping somebody. And uh, everybody's doing something. And uh, you know how family's supposed to be. I mean, that is just really awesome. It's yeah, tremendous. And so I'm really thankful for that. So with that, I'm glad to be back. and glad that there's so many that have come back and uh, assembling with us. So I got some uh, words of encouragement here. Melissa Parks, your presence is such an encouragement. And your hospitality and worm caring attitude or a true example of a godly woman i love you from somebody has really nice printing so there you go all right bill i can't tell you how much i appreciate your constant service to the body of christ your studies with people and in and out of christ uh incurs not only those who study with but also everyone who observes so thankful for you so if you want to put that by mrs compton that would be great I'm so glad to see everybody is better. Who, who wrote that? One of you boys back there? Yeah, I thought that's good, man. Me too. All right. Can we get an amen for that one? Amen. amen Tyles. That's good. All right. Ryan, I really like listening to you speak. Braxton. There you go. So give that to Mr. Ryan. Mr. Compton, I'm glad you are feeling better and I can hear you speak from Max. All right. Was I not able to, you couldn't hear me before speak, but now I can speak better? Is that how that works? I think because Mr. Kirkpatrick showed up and he turned the sound system on. I think that's why. So let's give it up for Mr. Kirkpatrick too. All right. I thought last week Jeff and I were going to about run out of air. I don't know if you were here, but it was like rugged. So uh, I got lots more air, so look out. All right, let's do some announcements real quick. Today we're having a pumpkin spice holiday bazaar meeting right after assembly. And uh, Brad and Melinda uh, will be joining us uh, via uh, Skype or uh, um, what is it called? Messenger video. And then uh, this evening, the assembly in October, evening assembly will be at the Compton's place. Monday, college age, we're back online. Woohoo! So uh, Sharon's all excited to cook some great food and I'm excited to eat it. I know the young people are too. So uh, I got a new series I'm working on for you guys. So I'm excited about that. Evening assembly, 7 o'clock at the Compton's Place. Also, next Wednesday, if you'll make note, that's the uh, uh, Potluck Family Fellowship. We're going to have it at the Compton's Place again. And uh, starts uh, at 6 o'clock. So be there with your favorite dish, 6 o'clock. And we'll get to grubbing and then we'll get to preaching at 7. Yes, Mrs. Compton? I said next week. Next week. Did everybody hear that? I said next week. Next week. Wow. It's on the calendar, Ken. Go get a calendar. All right. There we go. Wow. I was going to go to the Parks house tonight for assembly. Well, I'm glad that I said Compton's house during the month of October. I need to send out Anyway. All right. Ladies' study, is it this Thursday? Ladies' study is on. And uh, I think that's all the announcements. And somebody has something special that I might have missed. I don't have any birthdays up here. Has anybody anybody had a birthday during a September COVID era? Both Johnsons Johnson's had a birthday during the COVID crisis. Okay. Where is your amazing, awesome husband? Hiding. Hiding. Okay. (laughs) Hiding. All right. Who else? Daniel, okay, Daniel, are you watching? We're going to sing happy birthday to you. So, who else? Oh. Somebody wasn't here for oh. your birthday. Somebody wasn't here? Jeff? Wow, okay, Jeff, all right. Jeff's so quiet. You think he should go in front? I'll let you escort him. <laughs> I'm smarter than that. So, let's see, we got the Johnsons. We got Jeff. We got Daniel. Oh, we got Alan. All right, Alan. Woohoo! Alan, you know what? You're 23 now, 24? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I thought, Alan. It's great, man. All these birthdays. I'm stalling, so Eric, hurry up! But obviously, we we'll just have to sing loud. Tanya Johnson had one on the floor. Oh, Tanya did? Maybe she'll listen to this project, and we'll uh, sing to Tanya too. Wow. All right, here we go. So, happy birthday, everybody. <laughs> Jeff Trellinger. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Woo-hoo! All right. Okay. Man, I'm glad I didn't miss that announcement. That would have been terrible. Okay, let's grab our Bibles and return them back to the book of Hebrews. And chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, I have to share with you, i really super excited about moving through this passage of Scripture. And you might say, wow, it's taken us a long time. Well, this lesson really got under my skin, today's lesson. And uh, it, it's, it's pretty overwhelming. I'm so thankful to be alive. <coughs> you know, three times in this year I had near-death experiences. One was rolling down a hill in a Toyota pickup truck, and if it weren't for, uh, uh God's, uh, uh, love for me and planting an oak right in the middle of this logged off, uh, uh ridge, I probably would not be here, and so, uh, I'm thankful to be here, and then I go up to Montana to have a fun trip with my brother, and, uh, we had some near-death experiences on some cliffs, and, uh. So anyway, and we had run out of water, so we weren't thinking straight. So that was a terrifying, honestly, a very terrifying experience. When you don't have full faculties and you have to negotiate cliffs, That's and with backpacks on, that's just scary. So, uh, and then, of course, just recently going to the hospital for COVID, you know. And so you go in in the first two days. I, I don't mind telling you, I was, I was thought, I was done. Going in, I thought I was done. The first thing the doctor says is, okay, can we ventilate you? I said, you ain't ventilating me. You're going to send me home. If you can't get it done without that, you send me home. i want to go die with my family. So guess what? Yeah, that was pretty terrifying. So the first two days were rugged. And after we got through those first two days, then I got settled and got my mind focused on things above. So it's all going to work out the way God wants. So if I go, I go. And if I don't, I don't. But for two days, it was pretty terrifying. So there is a race that we all need to run. And there is a race that is really tough. And that race, every one of you is either going to quit, come up short, or you're going to power all the way through to the end. And it's really up to you. You know the old saying, quitters never win and winners never quit. (laughs) That is a true statement when it comes to this race. So Hebrews chapter 12. We're talking about a race here and we're going to define the race and we're going to find the define the run and endurance and that this race has been set before us. Therefore since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How many want to sit down in heaven with God? Can I get an amen or a wave of the hands or whatever? Well, you know what? The race is tough. And you need to know that up front. And that's what this is really all about. So I wanna go back and I wanna take a look at another passage of scripture that's really important. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew chapter seven, Matthew seven. And many of you have this one memorized. And uh, many of us have it memorized and we even know what those words actually mean. And I I looked up those words once again to confirm that what I had known before was actually still there in the Greek. It was, thankfully. And so in the book of Matthew in chapter seven, and verse 13 and 14, enter through the narrow gate or the, the, the straight gate, S-T-R-A-I-T, straight gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there's many who enter on that that one, for the gate is small, narrow, straight, and the way is narrow that leads to life. And few there are that find it. So the, the word small there is the word that we get in the King James Strait. And it's like the Strait of Hormuz over in, in the Red Sea. It's very super narrow with obstacles. And so the ships have to navigate very carefully through that. Otherwise, they're going to get their, their bellies ripped open. And that's all that oil tankers go through there. And so the, the word straight literally means narrow, filled with obstacles. I mean you got to go sideways some ways and duck down some it's that narrow. That's what that's talking about. And then when it went or straight and then the word narrow actually means it's it's rather interesting. It'll blow you away. I'm going to read this. crowded crowded to afflict and suffer and bring trouble and tribulation. You're saying why would I want to go that way if there's a broad freeway, man? and you get there fast, and you have fun the whole way there. The there is the problem in the broad way. I'm going to spend 70 or 80, and if by strength 90 years, on the narrow straight way that's filled with obstacles and struggles and challenges, but then I'm going to get an eternity in paradise and a new heaven and a new earth. I don't know about you, but I'll trade 70 or 80 years in this world, in this life, for an eternity in paradise? How about you? Are you going to trade paradise, because you've never seen it, for the good life now? Well, I'll tell you what, that's the decision that we need to make. Now you're saying, we are fool. I'm not a fool. God blesses those who follow him. I've never been... In want. I've never been in need. And there may come a day when that does happen. But the reality is, is I'm still not going to give up heaven and compromise the race that I've been called to. And so I want you to listen very carefully today in the four things in this very short little verse back in Hebrews and chapter 12. It's just just a tiny little snippet of a phrase But there's so much there. And I know lots of folks don't write things down. But I would encourage you, if you haven't, get the lesson plan. And even if you don't want to write anything down, that's fine. I get it. Some people, and I understand this, some people, they can't write and listen because then they don't get everything down and they get confused and frustrated. That's me, by the way. But I'll go back and listen and I'll go back and do my own study. And I would encourage you to do that. So let's take a look this morning at this first, this first part of the phrase. Hebrew chapter 12, and there in verse 1, it says, uh, lay aside the encumbrances." As we talked about that, lay aside the sin, we talked about how to do that last week, and let us run. The word run there is a very important word, as you can see in the lesson plan, the Greek word is treko, and it means to literally run or to walk. How many know that if you run a marathon, you can you can walk in a marathon too? I mean, there's no rules like that. Okay, you may be last, but I mean, you're you're moving 26 miles without or whatever 26 kilometers, 26.3. 26.2 miles. 26 or two miles. Okay, there you go. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. I was thinking kilometers because I ran a 5K. Me, believe it or not. Anyway, so. Uh, uh, But 26.3 miles, two miles, okay, that's a long ways to run. But when you take a look at this, you could walk that as well, as long as you're constant. Well, the interesting thing is, is this passage of scripture, the word run, means to run the life of Christ by faith. You need to live the life of Christ by faith. You know, I I really appreciate my brother Ken Weiber. He did this, and I know some of you can't see it, but it's pretty amazing. It says that you would walk, run, walk. You can do that in a marathon. Walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel Walk in a manner worthy of the calling. To send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. You know what? There is a way to live that you will enter into heaven. And it's by faith. Faith motivates you to live according to the great conduct of the glory of God. If you were to study all the scriptures I have in this lesson plan. And I added a whole bunch this time. And we're not going to cover them all. But if you'll do your own study. You're going to find out that if you obey the gospel, it doesn't mean just to get baptized. More importantly, it means that you literally embrace the life of Jesus Christ, sacrificing yourself for others. Husbands, are you supposed to lay down your lives for your wives? Wives, are you supposed to come alongside and serve your husband so that together you can subdue the earth for the Lord's sake? Christian, are you supposed to lay your life down in service to the brethren? And to those who are not yet Christians, if you name Christ, that means you're walking as he walked. And if you're not, you're not walking like Jesus. You're walking like who? You're walking like who? Who rejects God? The devil rejects God. And so brethren, there's only two paths. One is broad, really super easy. A lot of fun on the front end. It's just till you get to the bottom of the slide. You know, there's a little death going on there for eternity. But the other is narrow and it's challenging and it's difficult and it makes you a better person. And my prayer is, is that that is the run that you're willing to run and not give up. The run here means to live the life of Christ through his faith in drawing people into a life purpose and meaning through the gospel. I had a wonderful experience. I had one of the brethren here give me a call and say, hey, I've been talking to this, this one person and 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 uh they're interested in in meeting with you to talk about God. Hope you don't mind. Can you imagine? I mind <laughs> that someone someone to talking about God. I go, oh yeah, woohoo! And so I called this wonderful lady last night. We had this great conversation, and I'm just excited to meet this this lady and and answer any questions and and uh, you know pray that it would go well and that she'd want to spend more time Bible studying. But really, it's up to her. But you know what? The reality is is that there are going to be people in your life that are hurting desperately. They have no hope. They have no meaning. And guess who is the light? Who's the light? We are. But if we're not aware of their hurting and if we're not aware of their need, we just walk right by them. And then somebody else is going to knock on their door with a little pamphlet and they're gone down a wrong road. So it's important for us to recognize, brethren, walking like Jesus means that there's going to be challenges. That's a part of this race, this run, this life. But more importantly, the run that we do, we need to have a mindset to endure. To endure and not give up. Remember, if you give up, you're giving up heaven. For what? For temporary pleasure, we're giving up heaven. We don't want to do that. So let's turn to a couple of scriptures here. Uh, and we're going to go to uh, Luke chapter 8 and verse 15. Look at Luke chapter 8 and verse 15. And many of you know this one. As soon as I saw it in the, the uh, uh, <coughs> concordance, I go, oh yeah, that's a great, great verse. Luke chapter 8 and verse 15. Let's talk about the sower and the seed. And look at how Luke records this in Verse 15. He says, but the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word uh, in an honest and good heart and hold the word fast. In other words, don't let it go and bear fruit with perseverance. There's only one group of people that get to heaven. That's this group right here. The group that hear the word, they hang on to it. They embrace it. They hang on to it. They persevere and they produce fruit. some 30, some 60, some a hundredfold. So when this sister in Christ here called me up and said that, we're producing fruit together, prayerfully. Someone else called me and said, "Hey, and it was TJ said, hey, I got this guy that's a wrestling coach with and, and he wants to be baptized. He goes, he goes, man, I don't know if I know how to help him out. I said, well, let's team up. And so we did. We went over to his house before the COVID hit me. And guess what? This young man by the name of Tyler and his sweet wife, Brittany, we're, were gonna get that Bible study set up this week. I'm pretty excited. We had that one kind of laid out. Now we're gonna be going for it. And they're they're watching and listening to us. So so, uh, Tyler and Brittany, I'm just excited to spend some time with you this week. Praise the Lord. Guess what? It's a team effort. You know when someone walks through the door and they feel like family when they come in? Guess what, team? You did it right. But when someone comes in the door and they get all these weird-looking eyeballs, you're strange because you're not a part of us. That's nastiness and that's not how the spirit of christ operates amen all right and so we've been doing a great job praise the lord let's excel still more and more but we need to endure we need to persevere so look at that word endurance in your lesson plan cheerful and hopeful endurance cheerful and hopeful endurance regardless of the situation or circumstance those first two days in the hospital were terrifying i don't mind saying it but I was sleep-deprived because they kept moving me from bed to bed and from room to room and poking me and waking me up and asking me how I was feeling. Just shut up and let me go back to sleep. That's how I'm feeling right now. You know, i got to draw blood. Oh, great. How about this arm? No. How about blood pressure? Couldn't you have done that when you drew the blood? Come on. And it was like sleep-deprived for two days. How are you feeling? Sleep-deprived. Leave me alone. <laughs> So once they got me in a room where they stopped poking and prodding me and asking me all the questions, I started to thrive. But it was pretty terrifying. But you know what? As soon as I got to a place where I wasn't sleep deprived, I made the decision, I'm getting out of here. The first two days, honestly, I'm telling you the truth. I had this this idea of calling Brian. Brian, get your police car over here. I'm running down the hallway, jumping in the elevator. I'm fighting off the guards. This is with no breath now. And I'm going to jump in your car. Why don't you meet me halfway? I mean, I had that vision, man. I'm not dying in here. I'm breaking out. I'm not not kidding you. God's my witness. He knows my brain. And I was thinking, well, what if I don't make it all the way out? they will probably stick a tube down my throat and say, okay, buddy. You're not getting out now. And so, uh, yeah, I was terrified. So I decided to be a good patient and do whatever they said, kind of. But you need to recognize and understand the race. You need to endure and not give up. You know, in the, the gas chambers in uh, Nazi Germany, those people who were in Auschwitz and some of those, Dachau and some of those, those people who had a purpose and saw beyond the present situation, are the ones who continued to thrive. And if they made it through those death camps, without dying, they became great. But a lot of people just gave up and they died in the camps. They died in the camps. They gave up. They didn't keep pushing through. They didn't have a purpose. They didn't have something in the future they could work for. So as soon as I got some sleep, I started to make sure I was reaching out to people once again, like I had in the past. That's what we need to do, is to endure, to not lose sight. So it's rather interesting, this word, amone," is to abide under. To abide under what? Literally, every time you see it, it means to abide under challenges, difficulties, heartache pain, tribulation, every time you see it. So we need to endure, to undergo whatever the Lord may have in our future, to be steadfast. By the way, every time you see this word, it'll always have the word next to it. It means steadfast. It means steadfast. It means steadfast. You know what steadfast means? Immovable. You can't move me off of this path. I am not moving off of this path. Well, what's the path? We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. By the way, I was going to do something special for all of you, but I decided not to do it in light of time. I was going to have everybody get to read one of these, I don't know, there's about, you know, 10 scriptures there. I want you to read those when you get an opportunity. Every single one of them talks about the life of a Christian is one that needs to be a life of endurance. And, and look at the context, it'll blow you away. And this is what was in Thayer's. Thayer's actually makes a statement. He doesn't usually do this. But this is a statement he made in context to Hebrews 12 and verse 1. In the New Testament, the characteristic of a man or woman who is unwavering from his or her deliberate purpose and his or her loyalty to faith and piety, even during the greatest trials and sufferings of their life. Let me say that once again. Is this who you are? In the New Testament, the characteristic, this Greek word for endurance, the characteristic of a man or woman who is unswerving from his or her deliberate purpose and his or her loyalty to faith and piety, godliness, by even during the greatest trials and sufferings in their life. Is that you? Or do you shut down during those difficult times? You better check yourself because I don't think it's going to get easier. I might be wrong, and I hope so, but I don't think it's going to get easier. Now is the time to build the endurance. Check yourself now in the small things that are the challenges in your life. Make sure you're checking yourself. Be honest. It's okay to to be frazzled by things that go on, but don't stay in that mindset or mode of operation change. Learn to endure. Learn to power through. Learn to trust in God. Now, what about the race? This is an amazing word. As we go back there, it says, you know, and, and uh, let us run the race with endurance. Run the race with endurance. And so what's the race? The word uh agon is the greek word there and i want to identify i want to share this with you because this is powerful a specific and identified contest conflict fight or race a specific identified contest conflict fight or race i'm not into boxing but man you know a lot of people spend a lot of money and a lot of time following all of the boxers and who's amazing and who's not and when you get two titans that are clashing in the boxing ring man everybody's excited not me but everybody's excited it's a specific fight between two great adversaries and it's just big money and big focus right how about the super bowl well yeah whatever commercials are cool anyway so that's a contest So the word race here is a contest, specifically in the Greek, a contest of athletes assembled in a specific place such as the Olympic Games. Really a reference to the Olympic Games. But in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, this is what Thayer says. Are you ready? Amid all hindrances let us exert ourselves to the utmost to attain to the goal of perfection set before us as followers of Christ. In other words, follow in the footsteps of Jesus. You can do that. You can become more and more like Jesus as you overcome and build your faith and your endurance. It says to attain to the goal of perfection set before the followers of Christ any struggle with dangers, annoyances, obstacles, standing in the way of faith, holiness, and a desire to spread the gospel. So any danger, any annoyance, any obstacle standing in the way of your faith, you're going to continue to power through. Now, there's a bunch of scriptures there uh, that I've given to you I'd like you to read. You need to recognize and understand Endurance doesn't come like that. When I was 40 years old, I decided, I'm 40, I'm over the hill, I'm going to do something amazing. I decided to drive down to Lake Tahoe, California, and there was a mountain behind our house. It's the second highest mountain in that basin, beautiful mountain called Mount Talak. My brother and I decided in my 40th year of life, we're going to climb that mountain. And uh, I'll tell you, I wasn't in very good shape. But I determined I'm going to get to the top of that mountain. And we soloed, Uh, where we went up and we got on top of that mountain and we did it by midday. It was so awesome. Now, I have to tell you, it took us three days to get there. Now, when I was a kid, it would take me a half a day to get up to the shoulder of that thing, although I never summited. It took us three days to get to the summit. That just tells you what happens to the body as it gets older. But then in my 50th year, I said, I'm going to run a marathon. And some of you remember what was that a okay great That's awesome thanks man so uh, i talked to kirk because kirk used to run all these long distance races he gave me a book and the book was great it says here's how you start if you're fat and old and bald it's right there in chapter one i went baby this is my book and uh so, it didn't quite say that, but it was, I took it that way. <laughs> it said, you know how you start? You start eating differently. And you start walking. It's like, man, those are two foreign concepts. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, I did start. I honestly did start eating differently. Uh, not more, less, better. And I started walking. And then it said, "So when you're feeling comfortable with about a mile walk, now what we want you to do is we want you to run one minute, walk two minutes run one minute, walk two minutes. I think that's dumb. How am I going to do that? Well, I got this fancy little thing that showed me how to do that. And so I would run one minute and walk two. You say, what a wimp. Remember I was walking initially and I'm 50. Come on, give me a break. Okay. And so, uh, I did that. And then it says after three weeks, then you do Two minutes of running, one minute of walking, two minutes of running, and then you do three minutes of running, one minute walking. And then, and then you know what? It was so cool. The first time I ran three miles without stopping, I was like, yeah, I did it. it was so cool. It was awesome. And so I signed up for the Valentine's Day 5K from uh, one of the little parks over in, in West Eugene. And man, I was ready. Man, I was so slow, man. There were little kids passing me. Hey, old man, hurry up. It's like, Shit. you know? But I made it. I ran the whole way. How far is a 5K? I don't know. Is it three miles? Oh, there you go. I ran a 5K before I ran a 5K. And uh, I did it. I was thinking, this is so great. Well... We went on the men's camp and I jumped off a rock into the river on another rock and put a big old massive hole in my knee. So, and this was on my 40th year in July, and I was gonna run a marathon before the end of the year. Guess what? I didn't run a marathon at 50 years old. Doctor said I couldn't. He said, You better stay off that thing, it's gonna get infected, and all yada yada yada. Well, guess what? I didn't run a marathon. But I learned something about doing that. you got to change your whole life. You can't run a marathon right now unless you have prepared. You've built yourself up. You've strengthened yourself. Did you know in the book of uh, James chapter 1, it says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete Lacking in nothing. You know what trials do for you, brethren? If you have the right mindset, they make you stronger. I I just, God, please, I want an easy life today. That's the wrong prayer, man. I want to be strong. Well, when you ask that prayer, guess what? There's only one way to become strong. That's with challenges and difficulties. You either break... Or you buck up, one of the two. When challenges come, you either quit or you power through. That's the choice you have. Now, brethren, outside of Christ, people do it all the time. In Christ, we have a promise of eternal bliss in paradise and a new heaven and a new earth. And you're going to buckle when things get tough? Come on. Where's your faith? Did Jesus buckle when the times got tough? Yes or no? absolutely not well let's finish then with this a race set before us you know what i couldn't find this in the in the strong's exhaustive concordance so i had to do a little bit of digging in my vines and thayer's but this word set before us is amazing uh, uh is the word pro means before kamea means to set something set before a person now, it means to lay out according to a predetermined plan. Now, Blake were here. He used to ski race in a slalom. And, you, and they set, preset the course. And you get to run the course a couple times to practice. But then you got to stay within the gates in order to win. And you got to be fastest through the gates. But if you go off course, you're disqualified. Sorry. You got to stay within the course. That's what this is talking about, a predetermined plan set up before willing participants. When I ran that 5K, I had to run the way they told me to run if I were going to get my little participation award. And I didn't get a gold medal, that's for sure, but I made it all the way through, okay? And it was a big deal for me, by the way. Yeah. So the thing here is it's a predetermined course, Did you know it's been predetermined the life that God has called you to live? I wrote a few notes down in my thoughts. The Christian faith is really a standard of conduct, and it's been pre it's a, it's already a predetermined plan set before us by the Lord. You know what the next statement is in this passage? Fixing our eyes on who? Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. You want to know what the life of Christ looks like? Look to Jesus. Then you're going to know how to live it. That's the course. That literally is the course that's been set before us. Jesus lived it for us. Now we need to look to Jesus. We need to actually get into the scriptures and look at how he treats people. How he treats old people. How he treats sinners. How he treats the holier-than-thou hypocrites. Because that's how I treat them. Some of you have seen me get on stage angry at hypocrites. But some of you have seen me gentle and concerned about someone who's struggling in very big sins. That's who we are as Christians. That's not special. That's who we are. Look to Jesus. He's the standard. Brethren, it says here in this one thing that I wrote down, It's for me. It's not for you. But if you want to own it, that's fine too. We can live our lives according to his plan, according to his will, according to his word, or we can choose to run our own race. We can go off course. There's the course. But I want to run this way. God isn't going to stop you. You can run whatever course you want. But the problem is only one course gets to heaven. All the other courses lead away. So if you want to go and run your course, there's this thing called getting lost. You run off course, you're going to get lost, and you're not going to get to the destination. It's your choice. Brethren, I have to share with you in closing. The gate is narrow, filled with obstacles. The way is tough. Trials and tribulations. You look to Jesus. Did that guy have a cakewalk of a life? No. no. He stood for the truth. He manifest the truth. He showed us what the true life is. The question is, is, are you really serious about being a Christian? You have to question yourself. Are you really serious about being a Christian? In the book of Luke, in chapter 14, Jesus asks us, all of us, to count the cost. If you read my email this morning, I actually quoted that passage. Are you willing to count the cost to be a Christian? Are you willing to count the cost today? Are you willing to count the cost tomorrow? Are you willing to stay the course until the end? Or will you give up? In my 40 plus years as a Christian, sadly, I've seen a lot of people give up. No longer a part of the church, no longer a part of the faith. And those people avoid me when they see me. And it breaks my heart. But that's their choice. They've decided to run a different course, one that was more exciting and pleasing. But when I see those people, you can see in their eyes, they've lost something. Brethren, understand the scripture. We need to build endurance. So that we get to paradise. So we get to the new heaven and the new earth. So we get to heaven. There's only one way. Not a whole bunch. Let's pray. Father, I pray that we will run with endurance. The race, the life, the pattern of your son Jesus Christ. That we'll do that with endurance. It's been set before us. Every thing that we need for life and godliness has been given to us according to your word we can know how to live we can know how to get to heaven but we must look into your word to hear your will to see the way and then to follow i would pray father is in the in the lessons to to come when we talk about fixing our eyes on jesus the author and perfecter of faith that we'll recognize that we really do need to get into the scriptures to see how he treated people, to see how he thought, to see how he spoke. And we need to emulate him in every way. It's possible he was a human being, and yet he was God in the flesh as we are. God has filled our bodies with his Holy Spirit, and now we're called to walk by faith. Help us, Father, then, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's stand and sing together or shout out together, whatever it is we do. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right, pumpkin spice holiday bazaar in a few minutes in the back and college days tomorrow night at the Compton Place. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.